0: What's up everybody? This is Stick to Football Bleacher Reports College Football and NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host Matt Miller. It's Monday. It's mock draft time, which means Mello and Connor are here with their GM hats on. Mello's wearing a fucking Chiefs hoodie. Hey, He's a GM
1: ready to go. Hoodie on. Yeah, I'm decked out with Mike's gear today. So, I and I actually get to draft for them once. So, I'm excited.
2: Yeah, and Mello, I had to steal your shine. I am picking first overall. You cannot be the Cardinals. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm uh just so a little spoiler. Yeah, you're over it. Spoiler alert, things are going to get crazy at the top of the draft. And no, it doesn't mean that I'm just going to put Kyler Murray to the Cardinals. So you're going to have to wait for that. Obviously, a lot going on as uh, free agency week really gets going here. We've already seen some cuts. We've already seen some trades. So we're going to break down all that. And I have to give a thank you because thanks to our buddy and listener, Dan Kiefer, I'm finally drinking a Spotted Cowboys. Oh, Oh my gosh
0: can't wait yeah, for the he, review on that how did he uh, get real, that to you is it even legal to uh, say it's
2: not it was pretty funny <laughs> it no uh it's not but <laughs> it is definitely not i googled that but what was more impressive was that the bottles didn't break so he wrapped it in like a million plastic bags and bubble wrap kind of stuff and um they're all safe here so i'm i'm very happy it says the hype was warranted so I'm I'm drinking something good during the show tonight. Yeah, and I'm drinking a monster. Speaking of hype, this show is I'm hyped for
0: it. That's what my daughter always says. I don't even really know what it means. I don't even get it. I know like, there's I'm no hyped. D in it. I'm hype. Yeah, you're so lazy. You can't say hyped. But not only is it <laughs> Draft Monday, we have Voshan Joseph Mello and I sat down with him Thursday night. So it's a pre-recorded interview, and uh, we talk about the University of Florida. Being from Miami, Mello asked him to play a game that hopefully makes the show. It will It'll be see. fun. Before we get into the mock draft and we are going to talk some about the moves that are happening around the league, I want to remind everyone that this week we are on spring break. Thank the Lord. I will be in New York Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So Connor and I will be in studio together recording the Tuesday show. We will be on the Lefco podcast. I don't really know what it's called. It's still.
2: I think you nailed it. It's is that, the Leftco podcast. That's what it
0: should be called. And so we will be on there Wednesday. I fly home Thursday. We drive to Nashville Thursday night, March 14th. About 60 of you badasses have signed up to come out to Honey Fire Barbecue with us. They got 160 whiskeys on tab. They make candied bacon, and it's delicious looking. I can't wait. Uh, Since they opened, I've been trying to go there. We're finally going to make it happen. So sign up. If you sign up, show us your ticket at the door. You get something special. I can't tell you what. It's not candied bacon, but it is something special. Am I going to have to give out tickets again, like I did? Yes, you are. Yep, I have a roll of them for you. (laughs) I saw
1: that on (laughs) open tickets over there. Those are all right. Glad we coordinated that on the podcast. Are yours?
0: (laughs) So we will be in Nashville for spring break and St. Patty's Day. So God bless my liver, and hopefully we're back next week to do a show. So let's get into it. Antonio Brown finally, finally traded. Thank the Lord, we don't have to cover this story. Any more than right now. This is it. We're done. We're putting it to bed. Didn't we say that about Kyler Murray a couple
1: times? Like He'll oh, yeah. probably end up forcing his way out of Oakland slash Vegas sometime. But he is, for now. He's done with the Steelers. I think they were more done with him than he was them. Uh, and he gets to move on to the Oakland Raiders And all they got back was a 3 and a 5 for
0: him. Were you surprised by that? I was surprised, and I know, Connor, that you'll weigh in on this, too. I was surprised because I think everyone assumed it was going to be a 1st or an early 2. Even when we talked about it, guys, we were like the teams that could be involved. I don't want the Niners to trade 2, but 35 or 36 makes some sense, obviously. For it to come out to be a 3 and a 5, I thought was a steal. Think about this, guys. They traded the Raiders. They traded a 3 for Mark Davis Bryant. So the only difference here was a 3 and a 5, and I know... Like AB actually came at me on Twitter a small amount because I said he was killing his stock. This was a couple weeks ago. I didn't see that, damn it. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> Yeah, I didn't see that either. It might have got deleted, but he like tweeted back at me and was like, "How is a speeding ticket killing my stock?" And and it was like you a joke or something like that, I don't know. So, obviously his stock did get killed because this is the best receiver in football who just got traded for a 3 and a
2: 5. I mean, it it just kind of goes to show you how over this they were. And I think a lot of it or some of it was also that they just had a saga, a year-long saga with a skill player with Le'Veon Bell, and they just weren't gonna let this thing drag out any longer. I mean, I think they're gonna be carrying twenty one million dollars of a dead money cap hit. Now, Biggest they did cap have hit a, ever. Yeah, gigantic. Really? Um, the good thing is the Steelers had a ton of rollover money, so that will help out a lot, but Really just getting back a three and a five. I thought all along, it felt like all along the Raiders were the team. There's no denying that. Um, and I think when it comes down to it, a lot of us thought it would be pick 35. And the Steelers were holding out for a first-round pick. It turns out none of that was def, was true at all. I mean, just a three and a five. Now, for Antonio Brown, things work out marvelously. He gets $30 million guaranteed that he did not have. So he ends up very happy, ends up much more rich And I think for the Raiders, a team that this podcast, this show has been really, really harsh on over the last year, hated the Khalil Mack trade, the Amari Cooper trade, whatever. I think this is a really good move. I think this is one where, listen, I'm skeptical of A.B.'s presence in any locker room. But at the end of the day, the guy is the best receiver in football. They had the money to make this work. They gave up barely any draft capital. And I. Didn't particularly like the moves they made in the draft last year where I sit here and say, "Okay, you got a great football player. I do think he will really respond to John Gruden's coaching. That's something I really like here a lot. Uh, Hopefully they can protect Derek Carr. Something we'll get into a little later. But overall, I really like the move for Oakland, and I'm excited to see what the rest what they're going to do with the rest of these picks in this offseason.
0: I do wonder if John Gruden can handle him. Like Gruden is uh, so like he couldn't handle Keyshawn Johnson. Famously, and I know it's been a long time, and it's a different situation. The NFL is very different now, but I, I do hope that that they can figure it out. I think a lot of it just comes from respect. It seems like AB felt disrespected by management, the coaching staff, and Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> the quarterback and doesn't get
2: a pass here. He does right. not get a pass here. But
0: you know, like what I'll say league. is, like none of us were in that locker room, so it is easy to be like, oh man, like AB is just being a diva. Maybe there's something to it. Like maybe there is behind the scenes. Like I always, I always say this about like, we can't evaluate presidents because we're not in the white house. We don't know the information they get. I feel like with deals like this, like short of talking to five or six players, because you can't just talk to one. We're never going to really know what was going on day to day there and and have a full picture of it. So I, I do think, yeah, the value is off the charts. Really, really good. And for the Raiders, you gave up pick 66. So it is an early pick. It's the second pick in round three. You still have now, Antonio Brown, three picks in the first round, and a very early pick in round two, pick 35. So they have four of the first 35 picks in the draft and Antonio Brown. So as much as we have uh, shat, I believe that's the past tense for shit on, the Raiders so much in the last <laughs> yes. year, like, they could be poised for a very impactful rebuild this offseason if they can get the picks right. Yeah, and I they
1: have enough of them. You throw enough shit up against the wall, something's going to stick. And I like that Mayock comes out and he makes a move. I like He's going for it. It seems like they're doing some things. Connor says it all the time. You cannot continue to be mediocre in the NFL. Either you got to blow it up, and it seems like that's what they did last year, and now they're starting to rebuild it, maybe get a couple pieces in there with all these first-round picks. So I like the trade. You you get one of the best receivers in the league. All it costs you is a third and a five. You didn't have to give up any of those first-round picks. You still have those. You can do something else with them now, and you still have your second-round pick. So, good move by the Raiders.
0: This is an AFC yeah. West podcast tonight, though, Connor. I want to go right to your Jets trading totally. for Kelechi simile uh, from the Raiders. So, the Raiders uh, gave up some picks today. They also traded one of the best left guards in football went healthy and did a pick swap, basically, with the Jets in order to make this happen. It's a day three thing. We have... I think been very fair and balanced about criticizing Mike McCagan Mike McKagan and the New York jets, despite the fact that Connor is a jets fan, but we have, I think called it like we see it with that team. I am very excited as a non jets fan that they are getting back to being aggressive. Do you remember when they traded for Brandon Marshall, like yep. when they making moves with day three picks, I've said before, if I ever become a GM, I will never have picks on day three. I will trade every one of those fuckers for a player. <laughs> I really will, because like, I would rather have a known commodity in Kalichis Assembly, who is an all-pro. And last year wasn't great. The scheme changed. He was banged up a little bit. I I think in New York, he could get back to being an all-pro left guard. He's fairly inexpensive. The Jets have the second most cap space in football, so that doesn't matter anyway. And you're now getting a bona fide top-tier starter for a swap of a day-three pick.
1: And uh, without a doubt, how many years does he
0: have left? I mean, he's
1: gonna play like what? Say the Jets have him for three or four years that's about what you can expect from a day three pick anyway. So you're not going to get that kind of production. 29 years old. Yeah, so you have him for a while. You have him locked up under contract, I'm sure. So I like the trade too. I'm with you. I was starting to question you because, Matt, you always say you're going to trade everything. (laughs) But I'm with you on this one. You get a good veteran presence in that locker room to help your young quarterback, literally helping protect him. So I like that move too.
2: Yeah, a couple things here. I mean, the guard market in free agency is non-existent and the Jets were sitting there staring at two gigantic holes on their offensive line. And that was at left guard and center. So you go out, and you solve one before any of this even gets going for really no cost. You swapped your fifth, you know, your fifth round pick, which is great for the Raiders. The Raiders get that fifth round pick that they sent. Now they get it back. So it, good for them. The Raiders for them here, they were just clearing money. They didn't feel like he was a part of their their future. I don't I don't know if that is mostly scheme related or health related, but they wanted to clear that 10 million dollars off the books. It's a very, very cuttable contract in the future for the Jets. But when it comes down to it, Jamal Adams said it at the end of the season, he said, we need more dogs here. And you know, any if you know anything about assembly when healthy, he is one. And this isn't one of those things where always, always hurt. He was just banged up last year and he played through it. He's usually healthy. I mean, this guy is an absolute MF-er. That's what it comes down to. And I think if you're Sam Darnold, you want that kind of guy protecting you, where last year the left guard spot was beat by so many twists and stunts that put Sam Darnold in the dirt over and over again. And I think having that fear behind you, it means a lot. And this is a team that wants, I saw you say it on Twitter, Matt, wants to play power football. They want to get this run game going, maybe run a little inside zone, really maximize Assembly's ability. So, this is a great ad for the Jets. In a couple off seasons, they have really done nothing overly impressive in the trade market. I would say when they came out swinging. I mean, Mike Mcagn in this front office inherited a four and twelve, three and thirteen kind of roster and turned it into ten and six, and they did that through the trade market primarily in free agency. So it's good to see them get back into the trade market. It'll be good to see what kind of money they spend in free agency and how they can really work this draft, but. This was a a huge step on a player that has a lot left in the tank and is most important to the franchise quarterback as Sam Darnold. And for a team that doesn't have a lot of draft picks, they have six. So that yeah. that's important. Like
0: you have to, and they need starters. This is the, they're the third worst team in football uh, by record. So they need as many picks as they can get. So now because they don't have uh, an early two because of that trade uh, to move up last year, like you're looking at, all right, we've got, Two threes, and then we've got a couple picks on day th- on day three. So they had to get quality starters. I like this a lot. Let's go to Mellow's Kansas City Chiefs. They they might be our Kansas City Chiefs making soon. moves, man. Uh, uh, man. I've said it, Connor, and I want you can weigh in on this. What will it take for you two to allow me to just become a Chiefs fan?
2: I mean, you can go ahead, but your Thank Patriots you. fandom will always shine <laughs> through. That's the problem with all of this. So I'm not going to be fooled here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a good point. That is a good point. I mean, an incredible era comes to an end here. Justin Houston was a phenomenal Kansas City chief and and an absolutely special player and and a guy that could still be a very good player just came down to money here. So I think if you're Kansas City or being you guys where you want to see them make a move, what do you want to see them do now with the potential money they have to play with? Earl Thomas, I think I speak for both of us.
1: (laughs)
0: Or Landon Collins.
1: Yeah, go get a marquee safety. They need defensive back help. Somebody in that secondary that can do anything at all because they don't have somebody that can do that right now. They can't go get a corner in free agency. I don't really like the guys that are there. But you can go get a top-end safety right now. And Eric Berry is another guy who's not really cutting it. You go get a guy like Landon Collins or you get Earl Thomas in there, that immediately changes your defense. It's like bringing back Eric Berry and what he was supposed to be, and I just don't think that he's going to be healthy anymore. So that's what I would do with my money if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs GM.
0: Yeah, I, I and I agree with Mello. I think you draft a corner, sign a safety, and I, we're all waiting to see what happens with D Ford. It came out today; they're wanting like an early two for him. We'll see what happens in the uh, mock drafts we're doing with D Ford. But if you can, if you can make that happen, where now you have maybe three picks in round two and one in late first, you can be aggressive. Now, uh, like you said, Connor, with Justin Houston, that's, that's $15 million gone. And you have the best quarterback in the NFL on a rookie deal. You have to make these moves. Even if the fan base is sentimental and emotionally attached to Justin Houston and Eric Berry, I don't care. Like, if you can't make plays, get out of here. And I've said this before. As a, I grew up a Niners fan. It was hard watching Joe Montana leave, but guess what? Steve Young was there. Had to happen. It was hard watching Jerry Rice leave, but at some point, and Bill Belichick's the master of this, you got to get rid of guys before it's too late. And so with Justin Houston, fifteen million dollars to, he's been hurt a lot. Last year was hurt. He hasn't played a sixteen game season since two thousand fourteen, and he's still been productive a little bit. But since the year that he had twenty two sacks and got paid, he hasn't really played a whole lot. So and, I think there's questions. And you there. look at scheme
1: fit too with this defense. I mean, they're going to have somebody like D Ford or another guy on the edge. I don't think Justin Houston would see as many snaps as he did in that 3 4 Kansas City defense. Now they're going to play guys like Speaks on the other side at end. He just doesn't really fit in for what they want to do. Plus, that's a lot of money that he's making in Kansas City.
2: It is. And then, not- oh, sorry, go ahead, Connor. Yeah, speaking of D Ford, I almost forgot to mention this, just a buzz item here. I've heard he could be had for less than a first round pick for whatever it's worth him and Jadavion Clowney. I don't think either of their teams are sticking to that. We need a first in return for them. I think they'd both be willing to unload those players for a day two pick and to get the money off the books for whatever it's worth. Just throwing it out there. No, I, I could see that. It's too bad. Your jets don't have an early two. Yeah. I know it'd be a good year. I to, mean, you have to Sam Jones. So it a worked Clown out, but, Ford. Right. Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, you still have a huge need at pass rusher and you'd like to work the trade market. So, yeah, I heard I heard three different trade rumblings uh, over the last couple of days. I heard that Clowney and Ford's asking price isn't as high as a lot of people would think. It could be somewhere in that second round kind of range because a lot of it is about getting the contract extension done, which is the more difficult part. And the other one that I think is starting to trickle out or will by the time this podcast releases is that We've heard so much rumors about the Browns with OBJ, and I've actually heard that it's the 49ers that would be obsessed with adding him. So I don't know if they'd be willing to give away that number two pick, but I know the Giants are open to moving him for an insane cost, and I know that the 49ers in Kyle Shanahan's offense would love to have him. Right when I think I'm done, they pull me
0: back. No, I would hate that <laughs> right. move. I would hate that move.
2: Well, they'd probably have to
1: swap first so two for to six. that to be a scenario, correct?
0: I mean, if you trade the number, not. you trade the number two pick in the draft, Roto Beckham. I'm walking my happy
2: ass to San Francisco and punching John Lynch in the face. Well, I think that's the problem. I think the problem is, from what I've heard, is that while there's been all these rumors out here that are true, the Giants are open to moving him or willing to answer the phone. The asking price is astronomical right now. Yeah. But all I'll say is, after a week full of rumors with Cleveland, don't completely rule out the Forty Nineers. It would make sense. I mean, they, they
0: liked him last summer before he signed his extension. There was a lot of talk that he could get traded and the Niners were the team that, I mean, it was the worst kept secret in football. They wanted him last summer and then he re-upped his deal. So yeah, it will be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. We'll be right back with mock draft Monday. Right this, this. Guys, it is mock draft Monday time. I'm very excited. Connor is on the clock. As general manager, general manager, my goodness, of the Arizona Cardinals, <laughs> sound like you're
2: underwater there for a yeah. second. <laughs> uh, I got kind of crazy here because as the podcast that first reported it, we are officially sick of talking about Kyler Murray to Arizona. So, if anything else can happen here, we got a little nuts. The Raiders trade up to number one overall, so they flip first round picks here with Arizona. The Raiders go up to number one. Arizona moves back to four. In return, Arizona, a team with 8 million holes, also gets pick number 27 in the first round and pick number 35. I understand that might seem like a hefty cost, but Oakland has a lot of ammo. I think they could be aggressive, and we're just having fun here. So, everyone fucking relax. <laughs> <one minute>. uh, <laughs> so, so, the Raiders take Kyler Murray and are now sitting here with an offense that is Antonio Brown. Kyler Murray, maybe they get really wild and sign Le'Veon Bell in free agency or make a trade for a running back, and John Gruden coaching it. I think the Raiders are a team that, like anyone else, wants to score a lot of points, and I think a trio like that will get the job done. Kyler Murray, number one overall, but to the Raiders. So I just want to follow
0: up on that. Would you trade Derek Carr then in this hypothetical, or would you keep him to mentor, like to have like a competition?
2: You just trade him. Yeah, uh, because you can get maybe that second rounder back. So in face, if you could trade Carr, you're really just giving up pick twenty seven to go up from four to one, and maybe can get a second rounder back, which is sweet. And I don't know. I think Carr is is a good trade market.
1: Is he going to be like the mentor type to a young quarterback? I just I don't know. if he Is and not at this point, his his brother tweet.
2: His brother would be real pissed on Twitter too. So (laughs) sometimes that's worth it alone,
0: Uh, (laughs) right? Like uh, if we can make a family mad that ruined my hopes and dreams when I was young. That'd be great.
2: I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a David Carr autograph.
0: <laughs> and he man, I thought he was going to be the man. I really did. did. The Texans got him murdered. Yep. That's when I stopped so. trusting Fresno State. All right. I'm up at number two, the San Francisco 49ers. This, I'm taking Nick Bosa. That's all, next. Mello, you're up now. Trading it I, for no, Odell? I, no, I'm this. really
1: surprised that DK Metcalf didn't come off the board. Right I
0: here. will slap someone tonight. Why are you guys triggering me? <laughs> like, I just he's, so, you both have to see me this week. You know that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. oh man.
2: Oh, I moved my seat in the office, so maybe not. But I mean, it, it, just a little backstory here: why Matt is mad, Matt right now, like driving Matt. Uh, somebody's been calling his phone nonstop while we're trying to record the show. (laughs) He's just getting more and more furious because he can't stop it.
0: Mello like sees my whole skin tone turn red and like, I just have to start
1: popping. Just lean into it. When Matt gets mad, (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'm up with number three overall, the New York jets. They have a lot of holes to fill too. And I'm going to go with an edge rusher here. I know we've been talking about Quinn and Williams a lot, but I also really like Josh Allen in this draft still. I don't think there's a huge gap. I know we didn't see him at the combine, but we're going to see him at his pro day, and I think teams are going to come back around on him. So I'm going to go
0: number three right here, Josh Allen to the Jets. I would take right. Quentin Williams, yep. but that's fine. Ooh. I would. I've, I've said before. I, I have had this scenario happen on a lot of mock drafts, and I take Quentin because I think Leonard Williams is not long for New York. He, I don't know that they'll trade him, but I don't think he's a guy you resign. And Quentin Williams is better. Interior pressure beats outside pressure, yada 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 yada.
2: If I if I could get a two back for Leonard Williams, yeah, I would I would sit there and take Quinnen Williams, which I know a lot of people like, well, why wouldn't you want them together? But the Jets need draft picks and a lot of needs. Yeah. But i like number, Josh Allen. Yep, by the way. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, totally. Um number four, I'm back on the clock since I made the trade between the two teams I control because I'm like that. Uh the Cardinals now. So if they stick with Josh Rosen here, number four, you go back and you get Quinn and Williams. Who could be the best player in this draft. So really good scenario here for the Cardinals. Gotta like it. You, you need star talent. And I think Quinn and Williams with Chandler Jones, is uh, that's a pretty mean duo up front for Arizona.
0: Yeah, that's a really, really good duo. That, that's, that might be good. I mean, there's been talk about them taking him at first overall. So if you can trade back and still get your guy, that's a pretty good day. And with him
1: at positional value, I don't know if we do see him go top three. I think getting him at four is more realistic than top three. I'm going to go with that. I think we're going to see the draft go exactly Kyler Murray, Nick Bosa, Josh Allen. If the picks stay there, I think teams will trade up for a quarterback. But I could see and Williams, I guess we're saying
0: fall to number four, right? kind of like Leonard Williams did or Jamal Adams did or Sam Darnold did. (laughs) Those are just from Connor's team. I could go on and on and on with this. I'm up now. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a pick that I know you both hate, which is why I did it. Rashawn Gary, it's traits. Okay, that's all it is. There's no production that you can point to and be like, hey, but watch this one game against Indiana State or something where he completely took over. You're not going to find that. But the traits are otherworldly. The character's really good as well. And I think after the Combine, we we all see that yes, just based on sheer talent and ability, he is worthy of a top ten pick. I know you both do not agree with that, but I think he is going to be the guy when we're sitting there Thursday night that gets drafted higher than we think he should. Uh, oh, we hate it.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> I don't I don't like him. Uh, I wouldn't say that I hate him though. I don't I don't like him top ten. Uh, not with some of these other other guys on the board that are going to be edge rushers. But maybe the Bucks like him. They liked Vito Vea last year, so maybe they just go ahead and shore up that <laughs> defensive line here.
2: Uh, <laughs> <The> numbers, <laughs> number sarcasm. Number like, six. They like not worthy yeah, players. They're so. going to like that
1: guy. Jesus Christ, they're going to love Rashawn Gary. So maybe you're right here. Uh, number six, I'm picking for New York today, I guess. The New York Giants, they say they're tied to Eli Manning. Old Dave Gettleman, he's just crazy enough. He's going to take Devin White out of LSU. This dude loves linebackers more than anyone has ever loved a linebacker. More he loves kids. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so he's going to take one of the best linebacker prospects we've seen in a very long time here. Devin White, top 10 overall guy, plays running back for you if you want to. I love him, and I think Gettleman will not let him slide past number six.
0: This is interesting. We haven't had this one for you. You're basically taking the Saquon Barkley of linebacker prospects.
1: Yeah. And but, guess oh, who wow. took him last year? I mean, right. I mean, there are no. No flaws. Yeah, it's just like he can cover. He can play run. He
0: and like with, everything you know side with Saquon. It's like this guy's a great prospect, but he's a running back. And with Devin White, you hear that a lot. Great prospect, ah, but he's a linebacker. Yeah. If you watch the playoffs, you know the dudes like this playoffs. are incredibly important because you need someone who can rush, run, and cover. And he can do all those things. So I, I really like Devin White. He's One of my favorite players in this draft that I have a hard time sometimes slotting him in as early as he should be drafted. I think if he is going to go early, it's going to be the Giants. It's going to be Gettleman. If not, then I see
1: him falling uh, maybe down to Cincinnati would be my next spot for him. I don't think any of these other teams will go after him. But today we're just having fun. As Connor said, I like him at number six overall to the Giants.
2: Everyone relax. Uh, it would actually be really funny if he became a touchdown vulture from Saquon Barkley. Like They're like, hey, we're going to use you in goal line, too. And he has like eight touchdowns. That'd be amazing. So this is a great situation at seven for Jacksonville, because if you've listened to this show the last couple of weeks, we're all pretty convinced that this is where Nick Foles is going and he will be starting for them next year. But that doesn't mean I'm going to stay away from taking Dwayne Haskins at seven overall. He was a one-year starter at college. Some people feel like he needs a little time and Nick Foles is not going to get a five-year guaranteed money deal. He's probably going to get guaranteed money like Case Keenum did in the first two years of the deal. So take Haskins here. Why not? Let him sit. Maybe Nick Foles gets hurt, and you need him to come in and play. Maybe he's just flat-out better. I I think Jacksonville has ignored this situation for a while, so now in this offseason they double down free agent and draft.
0: I I was surprised by this when we were making the mock draft today because, like you said, we all – we all expect it to be Nick Foles, and and I'm I'm actually excited to see Nick Foles get a chance to run a team and not have Jeff Fisher be his head coach. Um, but yeah, I mean, it makes sense that if they if they do fall in love with a player and Dwayne Haskins is someone we've all heard that teams really really do like, and he did a great job in the interview process, then it, it does make some sense at seven. Uh, I'm up at eight, and I I think this is one that. Not only like what I would do, but I think could definitely happen, and that's Montez Sweat to the Detroit Lions. Ziggy Ansa is probably actually 40 years old. He has not been productive. Injuries are mounting up. They have to get a, a true edge rusher. Montez Sweat, not only did he destroy the combine, he destroyed the senior bowl. And oh, by the way, was just really good on tape this year, too. So I think Montez Sweat is is quickly becoming like one of the the more sure things in the top 10 after the, you know, elite guys at the at the top of this order especially at pick number eight with the Lions. I think we're going to have him slotted
1: here in a lot of mock drafts for the foreseeable future. You talk about how the Giants and everybody has kind of known their board and they're able to jump in front of them. If you want Montez Sweat, I think you need to jump in front of the Lions because they are going to fall in love with him. Number nine, I have the Buffalo Bills, and uh, we don't need any passing targets because we have Antonio Brown (laughs) <laughs> psych uh, that fell through. Or do we? Uh, so if you want to help out Josh Allen, you're going to have to give him a tackle. I'm going with Juwan Taylor out of Florida. I really like his game. I like that. He was able to cut some weight and I think that helps him transition to left tackle. Maybe he even plays a little right tackle this year, but you got to help Josh Allen stay upright so that he can use that strong arm to hopefully get the ball to some other targets. I know it's not Antonio Brown, but maybe they can get somebody
0: in there. Yeah. I like Juwan Taylor a lot too. And I was late on him. I just, just really didn't like get around to him as early as I wanted to. But once draft 400 started and it was like, okay, I got to start. I got to watch like the top 50 guys. And the more I watched him, he just kept moving up my board. So he's the, uh, if you take Jonah Williams out of the
2: equation, he's the top tackle for me. Yeah. He's old school and he'll fit right in up there in Buffalo. So number 10, Denver Broncos. I'm going with another quarterback here. Drew Locke. I think it's one of those situations where, yes, they're happy they got Joe Flacco. He will start a lot of games this year. They're not going to panic and move up to go get Drew Locke. But if he's staring them in the face at 10 overall, I think John Elway will bet the rest of his career on this guy, especially if he can actually develop for a little bit behind Flacco. So once again, like the Jaguars, perfect scenario. Haskins falls into their lap. Perfect scenario for the Broncos here. Drew Locke falls into their lap. I, we've been saying it since uh, January Mobile.
0: 1st, maybe. I mean, yeah, that they need a quarterback. I don't care how many times they trade for Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. They need a quarterback. And Drew Locke is the player that, that I think definitely best fits what they want at that position, or at least what we've heard they want at that position. So no arguments for me here. I'm a little upset <clears throat> because, Mello, this is generally where I would draft Devin White for the Yeah, Bengals. I know. Not right. today. Not so fast. But Ed Oliver somehow still here. So I will jump all over that. Uh, Geno Atkins getting older. They really haven't drafted that well to replace on the interior D-line. I'll take Ed Oliver. I'll plug him into three technique and just go hit Baker Mayfield, Ben Roethlisberger, and Lamar Jackson in the teeth six times a year. So this is a move the Bengals should make. We'll see if well, Zach Taylor, uh, still gonna leave Zach Taylor's the head coach in the NFL. We'll see if Zach Taylor and the Bengals' front office will, if they're gonna prioritize offense or if they will just try to build the best team possible and go after the defense.
1: And I like that pick too, especially if we can get him here sliding all the way to pick 11. Uh, at number 12 overall, you talk about a team, maybe they're gonna build on offense or not. We'll see if Green Bay wants to put some targets around Aaron Rodgers or if they're going to try to shore up that defense, which had a lot of problems and a lot of holes. So I'm going to give them another linebacker here, Devin Bush. Absolutely love, love him at linebacker. And if Devin White is going to go at number 6, that's going to shoot Devin Bush's stock way up there as well, maybe even top 15 5'11", 235, I can't believe he weighed in this big. The only reason I ever had him slotted outside the top 20 was because I thought he was 5'9", 225. Well, he's not. He can play linebacker at that size, and the Green Bay Packers would almost fix their defense immediately with Devin Bush in there. Love it.
2: He's an exciting player, and I don't think the gap between him and Devin White is that big. And when I say that, it's not that they're down the board. It's that they're both top 15 players in this class. So absolutely love it and love the fit. All right, Miami Dolphins, number 13 here. They're going to have a really interesting offseason. The Jawan James saga, I guess we can call it, will continue. I, th- I think he's going to you know, probably leave, and even if he doesn't, they just need offensive line help and somebody that can truly play probably all five positions along the offensive line and has no business being here at number 13. Jonah Williams, a uh, proven winner, proven pass protector. I love this, man. Yeah, good run blocker, and... Uh, guys this is one of those situations where in the top 10 we're always like well is this an early spot for jonah or is this and then you get outside of top 10 you're like whoa this is perfect plug and play player that can just help a team that will look to rebuild you get a piece like jonah williams before you go get your franchise quarterback in a year or two that's the right move here for miami yeah it really is and laramie Tunsell, like he had the fall in the draft and i think everyone kind of
0: forgot about him he's really turned into a very good player so good you player. have your, your yeah. bookends now and uh, even if somehow Jawan James comes back, we'll, Jonah Williams could play guard or center and be right. really, really, really good. So no problem with that pick for me. I'm just glad you didn't take Daniel Jones. I the one
1: million it. Dolphin fans Hell that man. we have should be very happy. My God, we have pick.
0: so many Dolphins fans. Maybe we need to do a Miami meetup. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, you I'm there. South Bucket. Beach stick to
2: football takeover. <laughs> yep. I don't uh, know I that mean, we would you don't, survive. I go every year, so you yeah. don't have to ask <laughs> <Yeah>. me twice. <laughs> twist that arm. <laughs> Sometimes twice in a year I go down there. So uh yeah, book it. Let's do it. Yeah, that Miami to you is Nashville to us. That's a that's a fact. I've never been and to Miami. And I don't Miami. even You haven't? I've I never don't been. go oh. I've only been oh. to South Beach once out of all the times I've gone because it's kinda like I don't want to call it Times Square because it's not, but it's very like, you know, mainstream, clubby, like the other areas of Miami are fantastic and dude, those people turn the fuck up for football games holy shit miami florida state is just absolutely wild i'm i might be changing
0: the the tailgate tour schedule that rumor has it's going to get approved this week so atlanta falcons on the clock at 14 Uh, this was a hard spot because i actually kind of wanted jonah williams here (laughs) excuse me to play on the interior i love jeffrey simmons at this spot but then he got hurt so i'm gonna go brian burns you know tech mckinley Has been pretty good, but there's there's been some off-field stuff. Vic Beasley, hit or miss. I I still think they need edge help, and Burns I think fits what they want in that athletic profile. Had a great combine coming in at 250, running well, looking very athletic in the testing. He is submitted, in my opinion, as a top 15 pick. Oh, I agree completely. I think as soon
1: as he weighed in, he probably solidified himself as a top 15 pick. And if you can't get that interior rush that I know you love, go ahead and get yourself a solid edge rusher like this in Brian Burns. At uh, Pick number 15. I have the Washington Redskins. Matt, I think you and Connor are just like conspiring against me. You're making me pick players. I don't want to. And nothing to do yeah, with it. Yeah,
2: Melo, what the fuck is this, dude?
1: I'm giving the Redskins Daniel Jones at quarterback. Uh, I don't like it, but I think that the Redskins need a quarterback. Case Keenum and the beloved Colt McCoy probably just aren't going to cut it for you and they're both kind of old they're not going to cut it for long so i think you're kind of forcing the redskins redskins hand they got to take your quarterback you might as well do it in the first round take daniel jones good luck sorry redskins i didn't mean to do this to you
2: <laughs> good luck oh man they got to trade for josh rosen good luck yeah Lord. they do they they have to i i think the redskins are going to be one of those teams that's sneaky active in free agency too I know they don't have the most cap space, but I think they'll make some moves here. So hopefully they can get the Rosen trade done with it. But 16, uh, last pick of the first half of our mock draft here, Carolina Panthers. Andre Dillard, this is the sweet spot, man. I I know he's not the strongest tackle. He might not have the most impressive anchor, but he has some of the best footwork, the best feet out of any tackle, pass-protecting left tackle I've seen in a long time. I think this is a great fit. I think he's one of those players that will tremendously help Cam Newton. Hopefully Cam Newton can get himself right and healthy. And I think Carolina has really, unfortunately, not addressed the tackle position as much as they should have over the years. So protect protect your franchise guy. Andre Dillard. this is his sweet spot.
0: Back on the clock, the Cleveland Browns at 17. And I don't want to do this, but I have to. DK Metcalf. To the Browns, I, I think that there's been a lot of talk about them trying to acquire a playmaker. We could see that happen in free agency. We could still see it happen via a trade. Now that they've addressed the defensive end position by adding Olivier Vernon, I think they're actually pretty happy with their offensive line. They drafted Austin Corbett in the second last year. He'll move in at that guard spot vacated by Kevin Zeitler. So they're in pretty good shape, but they do need targets. So receiver and corner were the two areas I thought about right here, but had to go with DK.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if we see him fall to pick 17. I think other teams are going to love him uh, more than we do, but he's definitely not getting past those Browns. If they can get him at 17, I think they're going to be very happy. 18 overall, the Minnesota Vikings, they have a lot of talent on offense and they struggled to be successful. they got to do something on that offensive line. I'm going to give them Cody Ford out of Oklahoma. Ooh. I think he can play tackle. He can play guard, whatever you need him to do day one. I think he comes in, he's a starter and he's a solid guy for that offense. You just paid a lot of money to a quarterback. You have two pretty damn good receivers, maybe a decent running back. You just got to give them some time to work that out. And I think Cody Ford helps him. Yeah.
2: I think Minnesota fans would be very, very happy to hear that one. Go protect your investment in Kirk cousins and a guy that'll help you out in the run game too. So 19 Tennessee Titans, TJ Hawkinson, I know they have tight ends, but this is one of those value picks where you're sitting there and you go, this guy never has to come off the field for us. He's such a good blocker. He's a really, really good underneath wide receiver. I think uh, he's a Mike Vrabel kind of player. So I think in an offense that could use a little more a little more punch, a little more juice. I think TJ Hawkinson fits the bill here. Thank Connor, I did this in a mock draft a while
0: back, and some Titans fans were like, why the fuck would we draft a tight end and not an edge? I know. And it was like, well, number one, there are no more edge rushers on the board. So who
1: do yes, you want?
2: Exactly. Like, like, that was my first problem here. So I There's this, no one left.
1: I did it in one of our mock draft Mondays, too, and the Titans fans came after me on Twitter. So, uh, Connor, you're going to get it on no, Twitter. No, but it's like, seriously, I love listen, pick watch though. the
2: player. He's a, great, he's a great football player. He will help you so much in your run game. Than you re- more than you realize. And he's a good receiver, and Marcus Mariota needs a guy and like And Delaney this, so. Walker's 35 years yeah, old. go
1: with a two tight end set to help out with Derrick Henry just pounding the ball down your throat. You know, it I, makes too much sense for them to go with tight I, end. I
2: thought about Cleland Farrell here, who I love and think should go even earlier than this, but I, I'm not – I think Tennessee can get by with what they have in the front right now. I, I want a playmaker like this, a guy that – can really be, I think I, I hate that I can't remember who it was, but somebody called him very Jeremy Shockey-ish. Ooh, like yeah. this guy, this guy is super effective both ways, as a blocker, as a receiver. I think Titans fans have grown to love this guy.
1: And you need to give Mariota another target. Help yeah. him out with you the underneath.
2: To. You have to.
1: Yeah. All right. So, I'm glad we had a, like, a
2: pick. So yeah. Titans
1: fans, just trust us on this one, whether it's TJ Hawkinson or Noah Fant. Tight end would be a great
0: pick right here. Someone's going to, like, try to fight us in Nashville this weekend. Oh, but God. You mocked TJ Hawkinson to us. Fuck you. <laughs> but, yeah, I did. Let's go. Let's <laughs> fight. Let me roll my sleeves up. Let's do this. Number 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm on the clock. And I, w- I wanted Devin Bush here. I typed his name in. It was like, boom, steal the draft. And then I realized one of you bastards has already taken him. So I had to go a different <laughs> direction. Greedy Williams, the first corner off the board for us. They still need corner help. I mean, Artie burns has just not been good. There's really no way to sugarcoat that. They drafted the wrong Edmonds last year at safety. Um, Joe Hayden, decent player, but he's getting older. They, they need help at corner greedy. I, I I actually really like greedy Williams and it's not just like the combine bump. His tape was good. There were just questions that I felt like the combine answered. So I I, like, I don't know that greedy will be my number one corner when it's all said and done, but I could see him being the first one drafted because of what he brings from a length and speed. Oh, at six foot two, I think that puts him as the first corner
1: drafted with good so, enough
2: tape. Story here <laughs> at 19, I was going to go Greedy Williams. And then I had like PTSD of Titans fans being really mad <laughs> about <laughs> people mocking them a corner. So I everything. didn't do that on purpose. And then you guys tell me they're going to be pissed about the tight end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. I don't
2: know. I can't I'm wait sorry. for our
0: Nashville meetup after this
1: mock
2: yeah. draft. They yeah, Connor. Hear.
0: Luck. And Connor will be there. So that's why it's like, you know what? Let's just oh, set I can it
2: say on whatever fire. I want. It doesn't matter. Save <laughs> <Great. laughs> behind these
0: Twitter walls
1: until well, I buy you a plane ticket. <laughs> at pick number 21 with the Seattle Seahawks. I was actually eyeing Greedy Williams, but Matt takes him off the board here right in front of me. Uh, so I'm going to go find a replacement. I'm going to try to find a replacement for one of the best damn safeties I've ever seen play. I'm going to give him Taylor Rapp here because I think he is a do-it-all safety. He's probably the number one safety for me. They need help in the secondary. I don't like many of the other corners, so I'm going to take the best safety in Taylor Rapp. I'm not going to complain.
2: I mean, at all. You know I love Taylor Rapp. No, he's he's awesome. I mean, talk about just looking like a Seahawk. I mean, you could keep him somewhat local there, and the guy is just an absolute killer. So, uh, great pick. Baltimore Ravens, 22 if they don't get Le'Veon Bell in for agency, which is not going to be easy, and I don't know if is going to make that work financially, just here at 22. Take Josh Jacobs. Uh, he could play a similar role where he's such a great pass catcher, such a you know reliable pass protector and strong, strong, powerful runner. So I think this Ravens offense is fascinating because they're going to take on an identity that might not be so common around the league where they value the tight end. We know that much after this Nick Boyle, press conference <laughs> i mean okay anyways uh, that and then you know lamar jackson he is truly a running quarterback that is developing as a passer they are going to need a really really strong run game and you got to go get the guy to do that that guy is josh jacobs uh you, you know i love him great receiver out of the backfield too to help out jackson's with
0: those check downs.
1: yeah this no doubt matt how do you feel about him falling to 22
0: i could see it i mean it makes sense i don't agree with it by any... I, I actually have started to worry about his injury. The Alabama Pro Day is going to be really important because the there there's at least rumors out there that the hamstring is worse than as has been reported. So we'll see. Yeah. And something kept him off the field at Alabama. I don't know if it was
1: an injury or what the deal was, their ability, but something kept that dude off the field. And the running backs in front of him were impressive. They weren't that impressive.
0: Yeah. All right, 23, the Houston Texans. Kevin Johnson, Dawn of free agency. Come in Byron Murphy. They need corner help. Um, they actually thought this was a team that I was considering going safety here uh, because Tyron Matthews free agent. We didn't know what's going to happen there. I really wanted an offensive lineman, but they don't need a center. So I wasn't going to take Garrett Bradbury. And he was the only lineman that I really valued in the first round with what you guys did in the middle uh, of this mock draft. So I just felt like corner was the right way to go. Byron Murphy scrappy as hell. Really good technique. And uh, the Texans are a hard team for me to predict right now because, you know, like they need an edge rusher. Could it be Cleveland Farrell? Well, it depends on what happens with Clowney. You know, like there's so many weird dominoes with this team where, you know, they could use a nose tackle. You know, do they go after someone to play on the interior here? There's just a lot of different spots that they could go. I actually think they could use an upgraded tight end over guys like Jordan Thomas and Ryan Griffin. So it's just a, a ton of needs. I went kind of best player available. Yeah, I, and I agree with you. I like that
1: pick with Byron Murphy. I'm up with uh, the Raiders' second pick in this draft, number twenty-four, overall. Connor gave him Kyler Murray. They've already traded for Antonio Brown. Might as well just say fuck it. Go get your tight end too. Noah Fant sitting right here. We talked about him a little bit earlier. You might have one of the best offenses. My God, in the AFC, like it's Speed. probably you or the Chiefs. If you can get all of those guys together, then maybe even bring in Le'Veon Bell you are really helping out a young quarterback
0: that you took first overall. And I would just say, because Raider fans are going to be pissed that you didn't take an edge here. Again, there's not one worth taking. There's not a middle linebacker worth taking here. So Noah Fant might feel like a little bit of a luxury, but this is just where you're at. Because one myth that I want, I, I hope and pray that people who listen to Stick to Football will help us spread the truth about this. Everyone says, ah, it's such a deep edge class. It's not. It's a good edge class, but it's top heavy. Yeah. Like after Montez Sweat and Brian Burns and maybe Cleveland Furl, like he's he's more of a late round one guy to me. Like it's not. I mean, there, yeah, there's five players who should go in the first round, but after that, like it's it's not deep. I wouldn't take Jalen Ferguson here.
1: No, I would go oh, all I, in yeah, with no offense. Way. That's what I would do immediately as soon as you make that trade for Kyler Murray, go get him a lot more targets, not just a B not just a running back. Go help him out. I think Noah Fant would be his best friend. He can work up the seam. He can work underneath. He can do it all for you. We thought this guy was a big receiver at first. He can do everything, and he can help block you, too.
2: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think when you look at that offense, what Fant can do up the seam and then A, B, and who knows what they're going to do at running back. It'd be a ton of fun. And and I'm with you guys. I've really cooled on Jalen Ferguson and O'Shane Zimenez as the tier two edges in this class. I just... I don't even know if they'll be in my top 50. I just I don't really see that much explosiveness. I just I'm I can not, tell you that they a huge gap are basically at like
0: 51 and 52 for me
2: overall. Yeah. Yeah, I totally see it. I, I'm not in love with either of those guys. So there is a significant drop off in the edge class. Like you said, 25 Philadelphia Eagles. This secondary needs cover players. I think this is one of the best ones in the entire draft. Chauncey Gardner Johnson. If you asked me over summer if I thought he would be in the first round conversation, I would say no. He had a lot to work on, specifically his tackling. He has improved so much this year. I love his instincts in coverage. I think he plays with really good speed. He's got good acceleration. He can play in the nickel for them. He could play as a true free safety. I, I think he could play so many different roles in a secondary that will be You know, doing some patching here. I think he's a guy that'll fit in quite wonderfully.
0: Yeah, I I really like that pick for them. They they need it in the the back end for sure. Twenty six, the Indianapolis Colts. This is one that I'm just gonna make every time you guys let me. Christian Wilkins. It makes so much sense. It does. But he just he plays like Chris Ballard wants people to play. High character, team leader, great work ethic. Everyone at Clemson raves about this guy and. He was a good, very good college football player for the past four years, so a lot of reasons to like Wilkins here. It's also a very big need for their D line. Yeah, he's a locker room guy, just
1: like you said. And I like, I love that pick. And Colts fans, Anthony Oreo, you should love it too. Uh, the Oakland Raiders traded this pick number twenty seven overall, so now it's the Cardinals' pick. And damn it, Larry Fitzgerald can't play forever, so I am taking a receiver here, the second one out of Ole Miss, AJ Brown. You already have Quinn and Williams. You drafted him at number four. Go help out your young quarterback. I say it a million times every time we do this. Go give them A.J. Brown. Let him have some tutelage under Larry Fitzgerald for a while and turn him into an all-pro
0: receiver. Jesus.
2: Yeah, that's an exciting pick. <laughs> I think when you look at this from afar, the Car- uh, the Cardinals come away doing really, really well here with that trade down, which we all don't expect it to happen. Just to play devil's advocate, though, they can do a real nice rebuild if that's the route they go. So, All right, I'm back on the clock here with the Los Angeles Chargers at 28 overall. I think this is a team that unfortunately got bullied by New England in the playoffs. I think it spoke a lot about not just their defensive philosophy, but really that front seven. So Jerry Tillery, maybe not a popular first round name, but he's pretty close to looking like a first round player here. And I think he's somebody that can bring a good pass rush up front. I think he's a good run defender. He could do a lot of different things. He's about six foot seven, just absolute insane length. So, the Chargers just stacking some pieces up front here at a much needed guy in Tillery.
0: Yeah. And I would say like Tillery, it's funny. I think he'll come back to earth, like where we had him in August, September, which was top 40, top 45. He's just a very good football player. Uh, I'm up mellows Kansas city chiefs at 29. Overall. We talked about it earlier in the show. If they can get a safety and free agency, and we all think they will, they've been connected to too many of them. Corner becomes the biggest need on this team. I'm taking Deandre Baker. He's physical, I think he's fast enough. I actually think that's been overblown, the lack of speed for him. And his technique is fantastic. So I really like DeAndre Baker. And if you are a Chiefs fan and you listen to the show three times a week, if you listen to our radio show, I am not going to shut up about DeAndre Baker because he is my dream pick for them. Oh, mine too.
1: Definitely. That's who I want them to take. I just hope that he is there at pick 29. They might have to move some pieces around to go up and get him, but that's who I want. I think he's the ideal fit for that defense over any of the corners. I'm up at pick number 30 for the Packers. This is a pick that I think we've heard rumored, maybe going back to the Kansas City Chiefs for D Ford. Uh, Maybe it's a second-round pick. But right now, I'm going to stick with the Green Bay Packers, making the selection. You already got Devin Bush. Keep it rolling with the defense. Go get an edge guy. Cleland Furl. we've talked about him too much. I can't have this guy fall out of the first round. I'm taking him right here from the Packers.
2: All right, my final pick of Mock Draft Monday here. 31, the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, spoiler alert, I don't think they'll make this pick if I was a betting man. I think Trader Less will put his Trader pants on <laughs> and they will continue to be this team operating in this Super Bowl window where... They'll understand this draft. They'll want an impact piece, and they might be willing to part with a pick like this. It's just how they operate right now, and I fully understand it. They are in a Super Bowl window, and if they can't get the piece they want, that they could sit here and hopefully land an impact player, but there's no guarantee of that. I went with Chase Winovich because I do feel like he's that kind of guy. I think we haven't heard his name at the first-round conversation yet. He's been more of that early round two kind of player. I think the combine changes that. He has killed the narrative of the try-hard you know, great motor, white dude. <laughs> so I think when you look at it, he he's just a good athlete. That's a really refined pass rusher. The Rams are probably going to lose Dante Fowler in free agency. They get a guy on a rookie contract that can get after the quarterback in Winovich.
1: I absolutely love Winovich. He's probably... My second favorite Michigan player. I really like Devin Bush, but he was the leader of that defense that had some very impressive players on it. And I'm glad to see that he's maybe getting some first round love from you. That combine
0: was good. Like, there's no way around it. He proved that
1: he's athletic, just like Connor said. Like, he is so much more than just a white guy who tries hard on every play. Right. Yeah. He's not. He ran a four, five, nine. He's not Breckenhager. Yeah, (laughs) for you Texas fans. Oh,
2: wow. That is a a hell of a... (laughs) Ran a faster
0: three-cone than DK Metcalf. Shit, you could run a faster (laughs) three-cone than DK Metcalf. That should be your new question when we interview people. Do you think I could run a faster three-cone than DK Metcalf? (laughs)
2: Yeah. The The answer is... (laughs) give me a piggyback ride and do it faster
0: than him. (laughs) Oh, next meetup I would pay to watch that. All right, last pick. My New England Patriots at 32 overall have to get a tight end. Goodbye. See you guys. Connor just hung up. Have to get a tight end. Irv Smith Jr. would be a great fit in this defense. I've really thought about going like Jonathan Abram to eventually replace Patrick Chung. Thought about my guy Trayvon Mullen from Clemson. But Irv Smith is just... It's too sexy that fit is. And like you said with uh the Raiders, go all in on offense. If you're the Patriots, guess what? You have Bill Belichick and Greg Schiano who call on your defense. You don't need great players. You got a great scheme. But offensively, you still win with athletes. You still win with good players. And Irv Smith, it, whether Gronk plays for another year or not, can be a fit in this offense. Hell, he could probably, you know, be the the second receding re- leading receiver on this team next season with how athletic he is. You can move him around the formation. Dude's just a playmaker. He he
1: reminds me of a player they had not too long ago at tight end number two. (laughs) Yeah, we can't talk about him. (laughs) Very athletic guy that you can move all over the offense I like that fit, and you know they will love to run 2 tight diet-in sets, especially with the running
0: backs they have. Go ahead and slot it in there. Before we go to the interview, I'm just going to throw this out there because you guys have to deal with me all the time. I was doing radio the other day, and someone was like, how would you uh, describe TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant being on the same offense? It's like, well, it's like Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, but no one has killed anyone. Yeah, but high like,
1: character guys. Right,
0: but if they had no off-field issues... Yeah, it would be like that. I mean, that's the way they play. So, all right. Before we get out of here, Melo and I talked to Voshan Joseph a couple nights ago. Unfortunately, Connor was not able to join us. He was doing his hair, I think. is that what, Were you doing your hair? Is that what you're doing? Uh, I was doing my
2: <laughs> fantasy baseball draft. <track. laughs> that's oh, much more important. Out on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I'd like to remind you, I have left the show because of the Patriots <laughs> <laughs> uh, reference. I forgot. So I forgot no you're actually here. not
0: here right now. So we're going to go to that interview, uh, and then we'll be back to close out the show. Mello, another great interview for Stick to Football listeners. Voshan Joseph, linebacker from Florida. They have a pretty good history of linebackers coming out of Gainesville the last uh, forever, well, since they've had college football. Voshan, thanks for joining us. Stick to Football, man. We appreciate it. Uh, hey. hey, so com- just coming off the Combine and uh, doing research for the show, we noticed that you did not participate at the Combine. Was that an injury or was that a personal decision? That
3: was an injury. Two weeks prior, I had... I'm um, saying my hands and I felt like I wasn't up to my um, full ability, full abilities yet. So I didn't even like, want to go out there and, and put on a disappointing show. So that was one of the reasons why I actually um, did not did not do anything at the on because of my hands hurt.
1: Yeah, you can't hate against that. We understand that. Is there was there like a time in the forty? That's what a lot of people want to know. Uh, was there a time in the forty that you were hitting and that you want to share with us tonight?
3: Um, honestly, I was going to be running at four, right? four 4'5", four five, four
1: six in that area. Yeah, well, man, I got to tell you, the first time I watched your film, I, I was watching a Florida game. I thought you were a safety because how well you moved, and then I see you weigh in at two hundred and thirty pounds. So you are a very athletic
3: linebacker. Yeah, I'm trying
0: to be. <laughs> what is that like playing in the Florida defense, where you guys have had so much talent? Even in just the the few years you've been there, you see a lot of dudes come through. And and now kinda of this year being the leader of that defense with along with some of your other teammates, how important is that in, in a place like where Florida does have that great tradition to be the next guy in the middle of that defense?
3: Well, you know, it's just a blessing. It's just to who all came throughout your school. You know, you have Leonard Hard you have John Boston. You have just so much great linebackers and great defensive players that you just that you're just happy to see must be in the moment to pay for the game that won, but then again, actually get on the field and Start off the game for them is amazing. It's just a true honor just to be saying
0: I was a the game. And one thing that I noticed, like Melo said, we watched a lot of your tape, man, is that you made impacts in a lot of different ways. You led the team. You had 93 tackles. You had nine tackles for loss, four sacks, and five pass breakups. Is that something that when you do talk to teams, you're saying like, hey, I am, I'm a playmaker, and that's what linebackers have to be in the NFL right now with all the speed out there. Is that something you point to as a strong suit of yours?
3: No, nah, I don't really, really play into that because I, in the day football is football. You got to make plays to be able to win. So I just naturally let that come to me. But then again, most of the teams I already know. But anyway, I just, I, I like special teams a lot also. So. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey, now, you didn't do the, uh, you didn't participate in a lot of the drills at the combine. Were you still able to go through the whole interview process?
3: Yeah, I actually, I actually went through the interview process. That was one of my main reasons while um, I just was there really to so, um just get my, my measurements, everything like that situated and just go through interviews with the coaches.
1: Yeah, and we've heard a lot about the interview process through the combine. How much did it suck? Did you get any weird questions?
3: Yeah, I don't know I didn't get no weird questions. you know, coaches gonna ask what they want, but at the end of the day, you just gotta respect it and just take it in. But no, I ain't really getting no weird questions, no harmful questions, nothing like
0: that. So one of the weirdest questions people get asked, and I I'm gonna put you on the spot man. Would you rather be a cat or a nah. dog? Cat or dog? Which one?
3: <laughs> dog.
0: A dog? Yeah, same here. That's yeah. the right answer. Like, no NFL player is going to sit in a room with all these coaches and be like, Yes, sir, I like to be a cat. If you're going to say cat, you got to be like a scatty
1: receiver type guy. Like, I don't even you know. got to mention the quickness. Like, you
3: got to be all, so Yeah, the quickness is something like that. The <laughs> Yeah, but this <laughs> but is football. Dog, so. you know
1: this? Yeah, I think yeah, you got to be a dog. You're safe with going with the dog, man. Now, you talk about the dogs. I'm gonna throw a weird question at you too. We're gonna play a little game. Uh, MFK—that's Mary Fuck Kill. I'm gonna give you Miami, Florida State, and Georgia. You—you you gotta MFK these three teams for me, man.
3: What you say? What you say to do? <laughs>
1: Mary Fuck Kill. Have you ever played it? No. Yeah. No? Oh, uh, you gotta marry one, fuck one, kill one. But the t- the teams are Miami, Florida State, and Georgia.
3: Miami. kill. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. yeah, Florida State.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know I put you on the spot here, man. That means you're marrying in Georgia, so that's tough. Yeah, because you know we, we gotta we gotta see
3: we gotta see Georgia every year, right? And we married. we're yeah. gonna be we together no matter what. <laughs>
1: okay, now you say that, but dude, you're a Miami guy. You're from Miami, Florida. Is that right? That's what it says on the internet.
3: One well, of in the time kind of the day as my city.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Oh, I get you. What was it like to play on that defense with guys like Polite? What Polite? We heard a lot about him at the combine. What kind of dude is he? Uh
3: J'Kai just said he's a more laid back dude, you know. He does what he wants. That's the that Kai Polite, and that's what boy, Batman. And then he's like, as a player, he's a great player. Everything is about him just on the field and even sometimes off the field it's just amazing because this is what he could do in all aspects, you know. Big playmaker, that's how I see it. Every time he get in the game, making a big play. Son. He just, he just, definitely.
0: Who was the leader on that defense?
3: Everybody. All eleven had to be accountable. So we all were leaders. And our own way just feeding off each other's energy. That's why we were able to play so fast.
1: Yeah, I get that. You, you are in the SEC. Who's like the toughest guy that you had to face? Uh, let's go with like a blocker. Some guy that just came up and maybe laid you on your ass. Or just a tough guy to beat as a blocker.
3: Oh no! Um, I, I got that before. I had, I had got, I had got my on the goal line one time. <laughs> but it's straight though. <laughs> it's Straight. <laughs> I learned from it, adjust to it. So, but I already know offensive line is made. I got in the um. They, they yeah, college, so. like
1: I got a number in my head that gets me. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, your pro day is coming up. How's the hamstring feeling? Are you going to be able to go at your pro day?
3: Yes, I should be able to go full speed. I've been working out every day, so it's just getting better and stronger, and I feel like I'm going to be able to do everything out there.
0: Is there a linebacker, like an NFL guy, that you've watched and thought that like, you modeled your game after or someone that reminded you of how you play?
3: I, I feel like Denzel Perryman and Levante David, those two I really mop my game off just because of like, their passion and aggression for the game. It just, just draws my eyes. <laughs> it's like... It's, love
0: you it happens. Yeah, well, we appreciate your time, dude. We know you're busy getting ready for that pro day, so good luck. Uh, we'll be rooting for you, and good luck on draft weekend, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank
3: you so much. Y'all have a good one. You too, man. Thanks.
0: All right, guys, that's our show. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hopefully you enjoyed Mock Draft Monday. Like I said, Connor and I will be together in studio coming at you Wednesday morning with free agency kickoffs. The tampering windows open. Then Mello and I will be together. We're recording Thursday night at Honey Fire Barbecue in Nashville, Tennessee. You'll hear that show Friday morning. Come hang out with us if you get a chance. It's going to be a great time. So thanks again. Make sure you have subscribed on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. We'll talk to you all real soon.